Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Oh, damn, I thought we were coming for What's up, you guys? It is not Sean Rassap. It is Kate Hensler here, holding it down. Very excited to talk to you about SmackDown and AEW Rampage. Sean, all right, I tweeted that he was jealous at my bangs, but the truth is he's at AEW Rampage for Full Gear Weekend today. So stepping in is the lovely TK Trinidad who stepped in while ah, I was on the Jericho cruise as well. You've seen her on Fightful before. How you doing, TK? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm so excited that I liked a lot of the things that happened on SmackDown today. And of course, this is the show that Sean isn't here for. He hears me rant about it every single Friday. All of these <laughs> things that I haven't been liking. I have so much good to talk about here today. And he's not here. Uh, but I can't feel that bad because if you saw his pictures, you can tell he had some pretty great uh, seats today. Mm -hmm. Very exciting that he's in Minneapolis. Um, we do have a comment immediately coming in from I love me some Silva saying, so glad I decided not to watch SmackDown live at the scope. For me, it was just Matt tonight. There's some things about it that were Matt, but overall, I actually thought it was a stronger episode. Um, it's what we're going to start with tonight. So thank you for chiming in about that and giving us the easy segue. We so appreciate that. But before we dive in fully, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Hey, if you haven't gone to FightfulSelect.com by now and subscribed for $5 a month, like, I don't know, don't you want to be cool? Like <laughs> everybody else is doing it. Go to FightfulSelect.com. I'm sure Sean is going to have a bunch of news coming out of Full Gear Weekend. It's always giving you contract news. So many exciting updates in the ever-changing landscape. So head over there, get your super chats in, or guys, why super chat when you can humper chat? Head to humperchats.com. Streamlabs is set up. It works very, very similar to your super chats. It's just that Fightful gets to keep a little bit more of the pie uh, when you send uh, through that platform, essentially. So with all that being said, let's talk some SmackDown. I was really excited today because we had some very uh, nice returns to fundamentals about professional wrestling today. Mm -hmm. We saw some clean victories. We saw some booking that made sense. We saw consequences to wins and losses. Not loving the way that they got there with how they've revealed their Survivor Series teams, but there were stakes and stipulations that didn't have anything to do with titles that felt important today. So I was very relieved to see that. What did you think of SmackDown overall? I don't, like, today was just so weird. Like, I, I, I can't remember exactly what I was doing, but I... 
I think something happened where like Naomi showed up on my Twitter or somebody's talking about Naomi and I was like really ready to like go and fight Sonia Deville. Like, I don't know what, like what transpired, but I really just wanted to go and beat her up because I just had a feeling that she was just <laughs> gonna do Naomi like janky, like she always does. And I feel like, you know, not me personally, but like people who are familiar, like Pookie and the crew, just send them to Sonia Deville <laughs> real quick. Um, so I don't know, I just, I was excited to see, I was excited and nervous to see what Sonia was gonna pull today because she's just been not, not good. Like she needs a lesson. Learned. She does need a lesson. What do you do when the authority is in need of an authority? But we did start off with, with exactly what you're talking about. We did start off with Sonia opening the episode and eventually getting to this six woman match with Aaliyah, Sasha and Naomi versus Shotzi, Shayna and Natalia. Um, I get nervous with these matches because sometimes I feel like the story doesn't really get told when you have six people involved. They're not the mm -hmm. most cohesive matches. This match I thought was great. So what were your thoughts on the opening segment and uh, on this match overall? Yeah, there was a lot of like crossover stories. Um, I was I was excited for it. Um, you know, obviously Aaliyah has been, I, I think I've said this years ago. I mean, Aaliyah has been on NXT forever. Um, I think it was like seven years or something like that. And it's great to see that she like finally got a chance. And also too, that I don't know what the situation is in the back, but for the, for her to stick through all those cuts and still be around, kudos <laughs> to her, whatever she, whatever she's doing in the back, she needs to give the blueprint to some other folks. I don't know what it is, but you know, kudos to her for, you know, make it to the main roster. And she had a good showing today. So I was really happy to see that. Of course, I was happy to see um, Naomi and for them to, allow her to be part of this match and you know for for them to get the win so it was a really great story um telling of it um it was a great match um i hope to see because you know i'm more about women's wrestling i love that more than you know no offense to the guys hope to see more matches like that but you know we'll we'll see but it was i think it was a great match in, um overall I agree with you, and there definitely seems to be an effort to mix in more of the SmackDown women's roster onto the show we saw in this match. We saw Tony Storm come out later. I was wondering where Tony Storm was for this match, but just a couple of things I wanted to call out here. Natalia suplexing Naomi ringside a few times was absolutely amazing. I thought it was a very well-structured match. I loved Aaliyah being the hot tag. She is newer, still mm -hmm. green, still getting used to the roster. This was her first match on SmackDown, so... Making her the hot tag and putting her in there with Natalia was so smart to me. Natalia is such a great ring general. Um, mm -hmm. It did win with like a roll-up-ish thing, but it was a well-done roll-up. It was cool because it was a reversal and uh, Natalia was cheating. So it came off of the consequences of Natalia's own actions. So if you're going to have something end in a roll-up, at least it was kind of a cool one. And at least it was right. done in a way that made sense. Um the only kind of negative here, and the nerd guru calls it out, so I'm going to pull up his super chat too, is that this was a little bit more of this can we coexist trope. He says this chat is for Becky's tweet, and that is all, but the shows were both fine tonight, I suppose, but the build to can we coexist mania is so weak and pointless. So I agree with you. It's, it's a little frustrating when a show like SmackDown tonight I feel better about because we were getting back to those fundamentals about professional wrestling, like victories mm -hmm. that mean something and booking that makes sense. But it is kind of a situation where they handcuff themselves because, you know, Survivor Series is right around the corner and they're revealing their teams on social media while college football is on 
the build has not been great, but what they did here was great. And I find that happening a lot. I find myself saying, push Zelina and then saying, wait, why is Zelina winning a tournament when she hasn't had a victory this entire, <laughs> like, since basically she's returned. So right. it's a little tricky because they're starting to give me things that I want, which is great. But at the same time, the context that they're doing it in doesn't make a ton of sense, but thought this match was great. Um, Aaliyah did get physically sick i don't know if you caught it but i saw it it seemed like a couple people online too that she actually got sick to her stomach they covered it up well we hope she's Mm -hmm. feeling okay i'm sure it was just an incredible amount of nerves for having your first match on smackdown winning that survivor series spot and a great uh match that we had here but later we see uh sonia come and take that away what do you think mm. about that? And I just feel like it's kind of weird that she's the one that set the stipulation and then it happened and she took it away without really any explanation. But I like Sonia expanding her unfair treatment of talent to people more than Naomi. But what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a, it's, I want to say it's a love-hate relationship, but it's not. It's a hate relationship, but that's good. <laughs> Because it's kind of like you don't want to be like lukewarm. Like the, the way her and Adam play off is is good. Um, because even when I was seeing the tweets online, people have a really like, I mean, hopefully her mental health is great because seeing that is a lot. But you know, yeah. the way like they really dislike her, which is a good thing. So um, I mean, it is good that she's spreading the the hate amongst other folks, but um it it's I, I guess you you mentioned it, kind of the quest to you know, more of pro wrestling. It's like, yes, we want the storylines, of course, but we kind of want them to make sense. And, you know, it's not like you didn't know Survivor Series was happening. Like it happens at the same time <laughs> every year. So it's just kind of like you, and I don't know, as a pseudo writer, it's like, you know what you're preparing for. It's like, okay, well, this pay-per-view is coming up, this paper. So how are we going to get to this pay-per-view? And of course, injuries and stuff change things. But um, I, 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 it was a tra- it was a, a theme um you know they did draw out the emotion for people who you know love the fact that seeing Aaliyah and then some people didn't think Aaliyah deserved it um again they're they're also balancing the emotions and I don't think she deserved to be on the team because she just got there like even though she's been on NXT for a long time she wasn't showcased on NXT for a long time we saw her in (laughs) NXT you know a couple times and then we wouldn't see her for like months and so it's just kind of like you know, and I don't think we really kind of decided or they've decided what her character is going to be. It's not the same character that she was in NXT. So it's just kind of like they still need to build her, but it's great to see her, but I don't think she was deserving of it. So her getting pulled makes makes sense. It does make sense. And that's kind of frustrating too, to your point. It seems like when they have shows in Saudi Arabia that they're preparing for, whatever comes <sighs> next kind of falls off with that. Or And I think evolution was the the next best example than this like evolution had essentially no build ended up being a really great pay-per-view in spite of that and that was their first saudi arabia pay-per-view so it just seemed like all the energy gets put into those and then it's like they forget that they have this other huge event right around the corner Mm -hmm. um so that is a little frustrating and while it was nice to see wins and losses meaning something tonight it is kind of silly that it was like okay, so you don't do anything to build the teams, you reveal the teams, and now you're changing the teams. It's like, so if I wasn't paying attention to that tweet, you're changing a team that I'd never knew existed in the first right, place. Yeah. It's kind of a tricky thing. So I'm with you on that. I think uh, they're certainly making Aaliyah out to be quite the baby face. So this was a great way to do that. 
but it is a little bit like almost too obvious when it's someone's first first time there. Why wouldn't everybody yeah. else be there? And I just feel like there's some ambiguity in general about, you know, normally when you have a three on three like this, you're like, oh, those are the heels and those are the faces. And it's like, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't know where Sasha falls. I'm not sure why Natalia was placed where she was. So just a few little kind of silly things like that going on. But overall, it was nice to see a really strong women's match on this card. Then we move in. Into... A match, period. <laughs> yeah, just a match that was longer than two minutes was like yeah. incredibly refreshing. So mm-hmm. glad to see that. We move into this Sami Zayn pep talk to himself that Jeff Hardy happened to be sitting in on. Uh, and <laughs> Sami Zayn asks Jeff Hardy, What did you think of this? And he basically says that the pep talk sucked, that it was bad. I don't know how you don't see a person who's standing there with his whole face painted. <laughs> Like, he's not camouflaged <laughs> into anything, but good enough. Um, Sami Zayn continues to crack me up. Like, I I love, I really liked him as a face, and I liked him as a more serious heel, and I also like this very silly heel. So I'm just a Sami Zayn mark. What did you think of this kind of, like, mini segment that we got thrown in here? I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes we have these mini segments and you're just like, wait, what? Like, you know, the man in the mirror thing, or, you know, some segments were just like, what's going on here? Um, but you know, Sami Zayn, he 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 manages to stay relevant in a mid-card position, which is very hard to do. So kudos to him for for uh, for doing that. And yeah, he's just you know, anytime he get, they give him a chance, like he knocks it out the park. He's kind of like the um, I don't know the Canadian version of Miz. I don't know if that's if <laughs> you see the, the correlation. It's just like anytime oh, you yeah, he's on the screen like he's he he's able to you're able to, you know, chuckle a little bit, whether it's like a corny chuckle, like, you know, with hit row or whether it's just like, oh, that's that, that's cute. Um, I think either way, there's there's a little bit of there's a little bit of emotion. We do have a humper chat from Violet Lasagna who said, who is being foreshadowed as Sonia's advisor and why does she need an advisor? Felt like an additional layer that really ruined Aaliyah's moment. Why does everything need to be convoluted? Um, I am a little confused by this one. Who is being foreshadowed as Sonia's advisor? And why does she need an advisor? Um, I I don't think this was... I think Aaliyah's moment was to make it feel like she could get a win of consequence that also played into the story that they need to tell overall. Like it's her first time on SmackDown. She comes out with the wind. I think a lot of people in WWE probably realized like she wasn't featured on NXT a ton. She maybe isn't the strongest that we've seen yet. So this made her look like an immediate threat out of the gate. The reason the moment got taken away is I think to give Sonya expansive heat a little bit. And because I think you don't necessarily want her in that, in that position. So, mm-hmm. you know, We'll see what happens later on, but um, I, I kind of get it. I think WWE has this need to make faces with something cruel happening. At mm-hmm. least the baby face got a win here. <laughs> yeah. They don't care about our feelings. Or, you know, that moment that Aaliyah had where it's just like, you know, she got a little sick. Vince was like, yeah, we can't do this for pay-per-view. And he switched on the fly. Like, that's a possibility as well. Like, you know they're notorious for changing things last minute. So I mean I hope that's not what it what it what it was. But um, a lot of things get within you know a moment's notice. So you know maybe that possible up check was like oh 
you need some more time. I don't know. <laughs> that <laughs> is an extremely fair point. I really liked this version of Sonia. I hope she eventually inserts herself into a match. Of course, there were some very real life situations that were factoring into her absence. So whenever she feels ready and is comfortable, I'm ready to see her in the ring and I'm ready to see Naomi kick her butt. So uh, we just got a lovely humper chat, humper chat in um, from Anakin JMT who said, Sean saw those distraction takeover numbers and knew to leave you in charge tonight. Well, thank you so much. I have to give a ton of credit to Hannah for that and also for uh, Queen of the Ring, Alex, for joining us and what I'm calling my young lionesses. Uh, lionesses, excuse me, uh, Jay Shell and Allie and Emily Cease, who joined us that day, um, and Carissa Lopez, who were always in the chat, always chatting us up. So we brought them onto the distraction. But you're right, we did numbers. Sean was like, let's keep that girl in. <laughs> thank you for the, the kind words, and thank you to Sean for leaving me in. Um, we're going to move on to what I know is. I, I don't know how I feel about this like flirty Roman situation. <laughs> He's kind of flirting with Kayla here. Um, I love the Kayla Braxton situation. I think it's super, super fun. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I don't know if I need Roman flirting with everybody. He did say something to the fact that they don't care what you want. And all I could think about was the rock with it doesn't matter. I uh, felt very, very much a parallel to the rest of the family there maybe, but essentially they're setting up later in the show um, that you are going to have not only a who is going to bend the knee to who situation with Xavier mm -hmm. Woods and Roman Reigns, but that he is going to be banished, I say, banished, um, <laughs> from SmackDown and lose his title if he does lose that match. What did you think of this? And then we're going to get to what I know is going to be Alex's favorite part of the entire episode, who uh, our wonderful moderator, Louise, who is filling in all the super chats for me over here said that he is losing his mind in the chat. So that's just fun <laughs> with the appearance um, of Mike Wagner. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I, I I mean I don't think I don't think Roman was was flirting. I think Roman was having a little bit of like fun. Like he's seen because Roman sees everything. Uh, he saw the back and forth between Paul Heyman and Kayla. It's been going on for months. I absolutely love it. And I actually love to um for WWE trusting her enough to you know have more than one line like oh how was the match or what do you think about this no shade to all the other correspondents on there but they're definitely allowing that back and forth and that doesn't happen a lot so um i really love to see that storyline and people have been making like you know little cartoons and graphics stuff like that and i love the i, I mean i think it was you know he might not even thought about it but i love the little rock you know it's just i i like that but he put a little bit of twist on it so yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm 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 for it. But shout out to um, I always want to call him Austin Xavier about like I just knew he was gonna like hit it out of the park as the king, and it's just like it's just it's awesome to see. Um, it's awesome that he has this opportunity with Roman Reigns or either or depending. Um, and you know I'm I think this is gonna be a little bit more of a storyline past Survivor Series if they do it correctly. I am all for that. I feel like Xavier Woods is one of, if not the top faces over there. So 
having him with the top heel makes sense. Having a stable versus another stable-ish type of thing going on also makes sense. Doesn't mm-hmm. make sense that the new day isn't all together, but I'll take it. And to your point, <sighs> Don't I think get me started on that. <laughs> I know we'll be here all night. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, I do think that you know everything that Paul Heyman does has intent behind it, even if it's going to be a side character like Kayla he's going to make those interactions matter. He's going to Mm -hmm. have that be a part of the story. Paul Heyman's involved in something, whether you like it or don't, it does seem like he goes out of his way to assign some sort of weight to everything that's going on. So I really appreciated that about this segment and everything that he's doing. Even down to how he holds the belt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Those little things in the background, like that's like um, movie actor training 101. Like if you're in the background, like you're still part of the scene. Xavier did that too today. If you notice, like, you know, when Kofi was talking, how he held the mic and how he held like his robe, all this, the, all this stuff that, you know, people, I guess because I'm like in the entertainment industry, I kind of notice those things, but it's like really kudos to both of them and other people who've done that, that just like, they're a part of the story. And when you look back at these videos, you're going to see like, you know, they were all invested. They were all, all in. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. I agree with you. And, you know, if there's anybody who's telling a story, it's Rick Boogs <laughs> <laughs> telling the story of man, oh man, am I a cheese ball? Oh, my Lanta. This guy comes out in shorter, short, short tights every time he's out there with just his guitar and no shirt playing in Shinsuke Nakamura just making Pat McAfee's heart sing and his feet dance. It's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're up against Los Lotharios. Um, apologies to all the Spanish speakers out there. I know that was the whitest way. I probably could have pronounced that, but here we are. Uh, this match was fine. Los Lotharios gets the win. Nakamura had a couple of really fun spots, in my opinion. I loved the baseball slide into the neck breaker on the apron. That was just a very clever piece of ring psychology. Um, mm-hmm. So... I, I liked the match well enough. The, I am a little bit confused about, like, Shinsuke has the IC title. Are they a tag team? Are they not a tag team? Like, what's going on here? How does this play out in your world, TK? Um, yeah, I, I think this. I think this is gonna sum up my my feeling towards WWE for 2021. Like, WWE does not care about your feelings. Um, <laughs> meaning that it's just kind of like. We'll look at we'll look at some of these stories and some of these matches, and you're just like, so. And and I also understand week in week out, like they don't take a break. So right. like it's either like, hey, are you gonna find like, are you gonna like rotate your writers so they don't get burnt out? Like, what's happening here? Um, that that we can better alleviate some of this stuff so it just makes sense in like the world. So you can you can now explain to somebody who's not who doesn't watch it all the time and they kind of get it. Like there was a time, there was a moment in time where WWE is like, okay, you missed a couple weeks, you picked it up. It was kind of like a soap opera. Now you pick it up, you're just like, wait, so how did we get to this point? And I agree with you. It's just like, we're looking at this and we're just like, so he's the champion, but he just lost, but there's no consequences. And in a tag team, you know. tag team. The Dirt Guru chiming in with the super chat. Remember when Shinsuke was the IC champ? Oh wait, he still is? Oh well Mm -hmm. then. 
Yeah, where's his feud is probably a good question. I don't know because they were facing two singles competitors who are also a tag team if that's going to be something that they get to. But I completely agree with you on that. Um, there's a we had another super chat too about this, just saying that you know you hate to see champs losing on your program, and I couldn't agree with that more. That's yeah. that makes a ton of sense. We got some more love. Uh, coming in from Brian Moore. Thank you so much for saying money for anything with K on it. TK is great too. Well, you're great, Brian. We appreciate that so much. <laughs> we also have another super chat uh, from Based Maritimer saying, missed tonight's show because I was at an indie show here in Ottawa. A Canadian for you. Oh. <laughs> Shout out to C4 Wrestling, a great promotion out of Ottawa. Uh, witnessed Kevin Blackwood and Speedball Mike Bailey kiss because the crowd chanted for it. God, I love wrestling. So do I. And you know why I love wrestling? Because right now, I know that Alex Pulaski is losing his mind about the fact that Von Wagner appeared on SmackDown today. I'll be calling him Blonde Wagner moving forward. Now, my fellow blonde on the program, he... <laughs> Whereas Adam Pierce's muscle, I don't really know why Adam Pierce needs muscle. He's pretty muscular himself. Um, but he basically doesn't want to hear it from Sami Zayn, who is telling him that uh, basically Adam Pierce is setting up a story between, or I'm sorry, a match between Jeff Hardy and Sami Zayn for later, in which. If Sami Zayn wins, he gets to keep his spot on the Survivor Series. But I actually missed this because, I'm not going to lie, my Taco Bell came and I ran downstairs to get it. And it was right at this moment. I thought the logical thing was going to be that Jeff Hardy was going to fill in. But if my eyes did not deceive me, Von Wagner would take his place if Sami Zayn was to lose the match. Did I get that correct? I did, right? Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, Hardy and Zayn went up against, yeah, <laughs> Hardy and Zayn, uh, went against each other. Great match. Um, but the thing that I really loved, and whoever was in charge of this, Sami Zayn physically seeing him being himself being removed from like the the team, like his his face instantly disappearing, and then Sami Zayn's face. That was just like whoever there's certain things that you kind of know at like once you watch wrestling enough especially if you start doing that you do interviews and stuff like that you kind of get the behind the scenes but it's just like i would love to see like okay this is the game plan and now sure. sammy decides to make this face or they tell him to make this face or it's just it's just the really like i love wrestling it's just that's what it all sums <laughs> up to it's just like you know that you can't this you can't this can't be somewhere else in the world like imagine you're supposed to go up for a job and your face is on this billboard and then oh you lost like can you imagine like it was it was just great that moment was great amazing i'm gonna call out my co-host here saying who was that giant bland man well that was von wagner blonde wagner thank you very very much um we can't talk about this match a little bit since uh we talked about the segment that talk was it. preceding it for sure it's just a weird thing that if jeff hardy wins which he ended up winning uh, and a, what was actually a better match than I anticipated that he didn't get to fill the spot that Von Wagner did. That just doesn't seem very fair to Jeff Hardy, does it? Not yeah, but WWE doesn't care about our feelings. Like, but WWE, WWE doesn't care about our feelings. Yeah. You raise a very good point with that, TK. I'm not gonna lie. 
<laughs> so again, whatever makes sense to you. Yeah. But like, I mean, they're notorious for like, you'll have storylines and then the next week, like the storyline doesn't exist. Like, it's just like, okay. And we do seem to be seeing a concerted effort to give us new matchups and to give us better in-ring situations, but still booking that's kind of questionable. The Dirt Guru says exactly what I also thought, which is tell me Kyle O'Reilly is leaving without saying it. The cult of non-personality Von Blond Wagner is now on SmackDown to suck out all of the charisma. Yikes. Um, you know, yeah, I agree with that. If you are going to bring him up because you do like what he's capable of in the ring, putting him with Adam Pierce is not the worst idea or putting him with someone who can speak. Charisma is something that should translate in the ring as well. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just think that maybe if you have developmental, you should de- develop people first. Luis Polito reminding me that um, Jeff Hardy was already on the Survivor Series team. This is what happens when you release them on a Saturday during college football. I forget. <laughs> and I don't know if they mentioned it because I was getting my Taco Bell. Uh, shout out to Taco Bell. <laughs> shout out to Taco Bell and to Alex Zane for loving Taco Bell and being sponsored by them. Uh, Ryan Sullivan also asking, is this going to be a story of surviving till Survivor Series? Like last original team member standing it's something that they haven't done before. I would say that about it. It's better than brand supremacy, I guess. They gave it way yeah. too short of time. And it's kind of dumb, but it is different. <laughs> was it was it 20, where are we, 2020? So maybe 2018, where um, one team crashed the other. Like, I love those storylines. I think, I can't remember who was on what brand at the time, but it was like, one team crashed the other teams. I think it was like a SmackDown crashed Raw. Like, I love that. Like that they, everything's kind of already solidified and now we're kind of gearing up. Um, this is, yeah, it's just, it seems like Saudi Arabia um, throws off a lot of things. And on top of that, I think that what they should do with Saudi because they pay so much money is just do a bunch of dream matches. Like leave the storyline in, in, you know, intact and just do a bunch of uh, dream matches because that's what they want to see. You know, and then bring in some legends and throw that, you know, mix it in the pot, do all that stuff and then call it a day instead of like, oh, we're going to throw everything here. And, you know, now you come back and you're just like, oh, yeah, by the way, we have Survivor Series. Like you already knew you had Survivor Series. It's not, you know, a new thing. That's it. Yeah, that's a good call. Don't let it derail your other programming. And to your point earlier, you knew it was happening. You knew it was around the corner, but... Moving on from there, we did get a mention that WrestleMania 38 is going to be two nights again. That is confirmed. They just did a little promo mentioning that it is going to be there and ready to go two nights in Dallas. Uh, and we move into a segment with Charlotte giving a promo on Becky, um, calling out a few things with Becky, saying that she's not a natural at anything. Talk about her hair color. Um Puts over some of Becky's greatest moments, including squashing Sasha, or uh, excuse me, squashing Bianca Belair, including main eventing WrestleMania. Uh, I don't know what the Becky own nickname thing was. That was weird for me, but I liked a lot of the rest of this promo. I liked her mm-hmm. saying, "Even when I beat you, you become a star," which she was alluding to with her match with Shotzi. Also giving herself the nickname the Star Maker, which I think Kenny Bolin might have a problem with. A manager in the 90s, if you're not familiar with him. But uh, 
then we see Tony Storm come out, which I was very excited to not only see Tony Storm on my screen, she resembled the Tony Storm of NXT, which was a relief to me. Black in her back in her black and red. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of a little bit more in herself, the Tony Storm that we knew to grow in love, and calls out Charlotte for not defending her title while Becky has. What did you think of this? I was really excited to see some fresh women's matchups on my screen and so many women on this episode in general. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we hadn't seen Tony in in a minute. I think a lot of people are like wondering, okay, well, when is she coming back? Like what happened to her? Stuff like that. Um, I yeah, it seemed like she had more confidence. Like from from what I've heard from people who kind of been let go from WWE unceremoniously, um, it's just kind of like they try, they test these um, characters on them or they, they'll pitch characters, they'll pitch stories to them and WWE would say no. And it's just like kind of, they kind of force some of them to be in this like this direction. And it seems like, you know, they tried something, it didn't work. And it's like, okay, well, we're gonna go with what works, which was like, you know, what happened next, what you, what you were doing in NXT and test that out, which, I don't know why they just don't do that from the get-go. Like, the, why, like if it worked in NXT, then why don't we test that first on the main roster and then see what happens versus doing a whole new, you know, do-drop type thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I've said a few times that I think it's quite the mental mind game for NXT talent to develop a character in this developmental system learn their whole style and then to have that character just kind of completely wiped away or even mm-hmm. partially wiped away. It's like, well, then why did we spend all this time developing that? Uh, a confusing thing with the NXT handoff to say the least, but we also have a, a super chat coming in uh, from Basil Banks saying that three years ago today, Becky and SmackDown invaded raw in one of the greatest go home segments for, for survivor series three years later. And it's obvious they could care less Alluding to your point that that was that was kind of like brand supremacy done right, even though it was Mm -hmm. kind of made by an accidental moment with the go home with Becky just bleeding in her face from getting busted open. She owned that moment. It was really exciting. But you're absolutely right. It's it's the same consistent complaint that we've had for a little bit now. And even NXT kind of doing their invasion invasion angle and making a name for themselves Mm -hmm. was that was such a great uh, memorable lead up. And to hear this all does feel just pretty thrown together. But another couple of quick segments that we had in here, we had Xavier talking to Kayla. We already know how this is going to be set up, but I just wanted to call out the fact that he calls her Lady Kayla. It's mm-hmm. just fun. It's so wonderful it's to see this. Awesome. We also got Mustafa Ali and uh, Ricochet fighting for Aaliyah's menteeship a little bit. We saw earlier in the episode that Aaliyah's spot in the Survivor Series got taken away. We continue to see some tension between Mustafa Ali and uh, Ricochet right here. They're kind of both trying to guide her through this moment. And if this is going to build to a few between the two of them, yes, please sign me up. They give mm-hmm. Ricochet, Ricochet some really, really cheesy lines. I gotta be, I gotta say, not the most natural talker on the mic, but I absolutely would love a feud between Ali and Ricochet. What do you think about this? Yeah, same. I mean, Ricochet, he's there's so much more to him that we haven't seen. Um, that I feel like um, I forgot. I think I might have been. I can't remember what show I was doing, but somebody had said that WWE had told him to kind of 
tone it down a little bit because he's just a high flyer. He he's a really good like I agree his mic skills could be better, but at the end of the day, not everybody could be the Rock and not everybody could be Cena and stuff like that. So it's just kind of like he has so much talent in the ring that WWE's not allowing us to see. So that's the that's the frustrating part. But I did like the fact that he called out Mustafa Ali and just said, "You're like you're terrible." Why would I even, you know, why would he even be like, you know, on a team together? And, you know, if Aaliyah was doing her, you know, background research and saw what happened to Saudi and the build up to that, then she would know that, you know, Mustafa Ali is probably not the person that I want to align myself with. So, you know, hopefully that 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 happens. But also, too, yeah, I would definitely love to see Ricochet in the picture, period, like something beyond we're getting certain storylines over and over again i know why they're they do that but it's nice to see i mean it's it's two hours we we can or an hour and 45 minutes if you take yeah. like we can <laughs> we can do some other things absolutely i think we get in what ended up being the cringiest moment of the show in my opinion felt really strong going into this we get a package from hit row who was already instantly less cool with BFAP God. Like I was just today, I was like, yeah. Can somebody explain that? Like why? And then also too, did you see that she was supposed to have a Twitch, a live Twitch stream and it got canceled. And I think she said, she kind of alluded that, you know, cause I think she's on 30 days. So I guess she can't probably. do Twitch either. My like, guess is, yeah, she can't, probably still can't make money. I don't know this. <laughs> this is not on Fightful Selected. I don't know the legal ins and outs of the contracts either, but my guess is, she probably cannot make money in any other way that was protected by that same contract until those 30 days are up is my guess, but it's lame. It was so much cooler with her there. I don't know why you Mm -hmm. bother going through the draft and having her introduced just to release her. Um, But they give a good enough uh, promo package without her. It was fine. Hit row looks like them. And then they cut over to gender and shanky who yeah i don't know what was happening there rap kinda uh like, and then and do do a little bit of this like who that's exactly what i'm saying like who was it the writers who said okay 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 we have five minutes this is what you're gonna do and they're like wait what and because you know you work for a company and it's live tv you just do the best that you can but she's like i don't understand i they was and then somebody was kind of like i think everybody when i was seeing it on like going on twitter is like we're very uncomfortable like i don't know and then you think of gender of yesteryear with you know the pomp and circus like all this stuff and like now it's just kind of like what what are we doing like they could be doing so much more he was fighting over a motorcycle and now he's doing this. He had the nerve in this promo to say hit row, more like cringe row. And I was like, you got to look in the mirror if you want to see the cringiest thing of the night, pal. Because yes. it wasn't mm-hmm. what hit row just did. It was what you just did. I don't know what this even sets up. Is it going to be a tag match? Is it going to be a one one feud with like Ginger and Top Dollar? Like, I don't know what is going on here. And I don't know why you choose to basically introduce hit road to the main roster with this. Like it, it's not, not something that's working for me. That was definitely my low point of the night. Um, mm-hmm. But moving along to the main event, what a main event. 
this match was great. It absolutely slept. It humped if you were here, if Sean were here. <laughs> Speaking of humped, get your humper chats in and your and your super chats in and leave a thumbs up on this video, please. We are coming down the mountain on SmackDown. Uh this this match was just fantastic between Xavier and Roman. I really liked Pat McAfee pointing out that when uh Xavier was getting some early offense in uh, Pat McAfee said that's him basically like scouting out his opponent a little bit. Like he'll let someone get a little bit of offense in to see what he's really up against. And I just really, really liked that. Like I really enjoyed that he justified that because that's something that could make a champion look weak. Right. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a fantastic way to go about it. Some really, really great spots here. It of course ends in a DQ. I mean, did we expect anything else? No, and I will say this. There wasn't 700 DQs on the show tonight, so that was a nice little break. Having this match be the one that's DQ'd, do I like it? No. Does it make a little bit of sense that the Usos would interfere because they're not going to let Roman have that shame and embarrassment, and they made mention of and know that Kofi and Biggie are not there? Mm-hmm. they're willing to take that risk because they're not going to get attacked, right? What I don't understand is that of all the things for Roman to do next, he bent down on one knee. <laughs> I know he didn't bend the knee to Xavier, but he bent down on one knee, and then they put the Burger King crowd on his head, which is very heelish, and it's difficult when you have someone that's supposed to be an absolute badass with someone who's comedic going against each other. This made sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But I just didn't love the ending where Roman is getting down on one knee, even though it's not to anybody. Uh, Yeah. I don't, I don't know about the ending of this acknowledgement battle. The flying elbow that Xavier Woods has done now two weeks in a row off the top rope is ridiculous Mm -hmm. the amount of hang time the perfect execution is fantastic like everything that happened between the ropes was fantastic what did you think of this match and the ending to the show um i knew the ending was gonna be kind of janky um so i mean you can't have i mean we would have been completely you know i think we all would have been completely pissed off if you know roman won cleanly um because it's like okay well what was the point of all of this um, so I think this is also helps the storyline. It continues the storyline. Um, it's going to be, you know, something for Survivor Series. Um, so it was, the match is great. And I think Xavier, um, has been doing like, <laughs> he's just, he's. This show is sponsored by better help. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. 
This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. First of all, he's leaned out, so kudos to him. He's kind of taken his fitness to another level. And, I, like, he, he was doing, he did a promo that WWE posted on their, um, I think it was either YouTube, but on their main page where he was roller skating and cutting a promo at the same time. Kudos to I him can't do either. <laughs> I've been trying to learn how to roller skate for like six months and I've been very un- unsuccessful. So kudos to him for doing that. Like he's just, it's just, he's doing an amazing job. And then when you, when you, if you would have thought of this matchup like six months ago, you would, you would have obviously thought it was a joke just because of the height difference, just not necessarily on the skill level, but just the believability of it. And now sure. it, it, it makes sense. However, I mean, I can't. I can't think of a proper ending, even though this ending was kind of cheesy. Um, but given the stuff that we've seen, you know, like gender, this earlier on in this <laughs> thing, I mean, it's like okay, Cringe whoever's row. writing that, yeah, probably was writing the ending of this too. So you know, sure. no offense to the writers, I get it. Y'all are doing a tough job, and you have people on Twitter, you know, constantly complaining or you know all this stuff. But I think there could have been a better way. I think there could have too. We do have a couple more super chats that have rolled in. Joey Bag of Donuts, who I will be sitting in with him on Monday talking full gear reactions on his podcast, but him chime in saying TK. Just saying. TK, we've got a tag <laughs> team name. I love it. The nerd oh, yeah, guru. I saw that. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. Uh and the nerd guru chiming back in. Uh, in regards to the hit row and Jinder Mahal and Shanky Provo, Yikes saying, I bet all of the Tony D impressions in the world that Von Wagner gets a bigger push than Swerve. Ugh. Well, we can hope that that isn't true, but I agree with you as far as this Xavier run. I think him being king of the ring makes so much sense on so many levels. It's nice to see a king of the ring run get implemented in a regal way. Dare I say, TK, it's magic. And what is more magic than Magic Spoon? Sean Rossap is going to tell you all about it. Cameo. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Rossap. I'm not here physically on the show right now, but I still wanted to tell you about how I'm starting my day, no matter where I am, with delicious Magic Spoon cereal. Zero grams of sugar, 13, 14 grams of protein, only four net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories per serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb. It is the ultimate 
breakfast food. It's the ultimate snack food, and it's the ultimate food for me to take while I'm traveling. Quick, easy, all the flavors you love. Peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, maple waffle, cocoa, fruity, frosted, all over the place. That cookies and cream and maple waffle are back permanently. And if you go to magicspoon.com slash Fightful, grab a custom bundle of cereal, try it today. Use our promo code FIGHTFUL at checkout to save $5 off your order if you don't like it. They are so confident in their product. It comes with a 100% happiness guarantee. They'll refund your money, no questions asked if you don't like it, but you will. It's perfect before, after workouts, as a snack. And my favorite thing about it is you get filled up with one serving. It's not running back and forth to the cupboard to get more Racking up those carbs, racking up those calories. Magicspoon.com slash Fightful. Use that code Fightful. There it is, guys. Flavors <laughs> returning to Magic Spoon. Return of the Meh. Jick Spoon. Great stuff. <laughs> Go to Magic Spoon. Use the checkout code. Go to Fightful Select and subscribe for just $5 a month for the best most accurate wrestling news in the biz. Leave a thumbs up on this video. Give love to all of our moderators. Get your super chats in as we swing into AEW Rampage. Get your Humper chats in at humperchats.com. This is the go homiest of go homes. We have the go home to Dynamite on Wednesday. We have the go home Rampage here. And this is the go home review show here into that. <laughs> So I'm very excited for this card. There's so much on there that I want to see. I'm the world's biggest CM Punk and uh, Eddie Kingston and Mark both. So to have mm -hmm. them in the ring at the same time. That promo. Whew. Oh, those promos, baby. Going to see Hangman and Kenny. Can't wait. We kick off AW Rampage, which what I am calling Jungle Fish. <laughs> I was so excited for Jungle Boy and Bobby Fish because they do such different things in the ring. Uh, Jungle Boy... I think it's becoming a jungle man. He comes out with his facial hair. You love to see it. He's got that fall beard going. Not a heel, but can still pull off the facial hair. We love it. Uh, I thought this was a great way to kick off Dynamite. This was an absolute, absolute fantastic match. It humped, just like your humper chats. I loved a few things here. Jericho, not my favorite commentator because I don't need him to yell at my face so much, but he points out a few things like the fact that the AW ring posts are mm -hmm. not rounded, which is not something I picked up on. Shame on me. Um, but that they're actually angled. So when you get thrown into them, it's like a whole other type of pain that you can have. And we saw hmm. some great spots outside of the ring tonight. There are just a lot of great logical storytelling points here, which I think is a strength of Bobby Fish. Um, him going after Jungle Boy's arm with the hammer lock. Jungle Boy returning the suplexes that he received last week. Love Jungle Boy winning with the crossface as well. Just a lot of really great wrestling in this match. And of course, we get some gang wars after we see both sides of both factions essentially come down. Not a huge surprise going into full gear. What did you think of the match and the post-match antics? I mean, I love the fact like Jungle Boy is one of those, it's one of those people that you just see him just walking down the street. You're gonna be like, oh, like I think I can take him if, like, if you're bigger than him and stuff like that. <laughs> but I love the fact that like no matter like every match he proves that like he belongs there. Not to say that he needs to, but it's just like, you know, I think 
us as human beings in society, you're just, like you're looking at the David and Goliath type thing. Um, so I, I love the fact that he's playing up to that. He know he knows what he's capable of, and you know him and Fish did like an incredible um, job. But I kind of feel like I I went in knowing um, who was gonna win, and then you know the melee after. You know it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of like you see a match and you're like I know what's gonna happen, and then it happens and you're just like okay, like I'm happy I know what's gonna happen, but it's it doesn't give you that satisfaction. Like it's like yes. they almost give you what you want, but you're like, but I wanted something a little bit different. Like it's it's a catch twenty two, um, but it was a great it was a great match nonetheless. I hear you, and I think that's kind of tricky when you have an hour that's on from ten to eleven o'clock at night. Like you're not going to do a ton to swerve people and throw off storylines. You're probably just going to kind of keep them moving along because right. your main audience is going to be there on your Wednesday night, right? So. That's how Raw and SmackDown used to function for a really long time where most of the consequential storyline things were happening on Raw. And then, oh, if you turned into SmackDown because they were shared rosters, like you would see some great matches, but not a ton progressing as far as story goes. Right. We do have a wonderful Humber chat from J. Shell Nicole sending in her Humber chat. Happy night before full gear. Great to hear your voice as well. I'm write 1 million more body slam articles. Shell already killing it over at body slam. One of my young lionesses. Thank you for sending in your humper chat. We appreciate it. Uh, agree with you. Great match. Not a ton of surprises here, but predictable is okay when it's good. Sean says it all the time. And I absolutely agree. Um, Here's a question. Do you sure. prefer like what AEW is doing where it's like the, the rosters are just kind of uh, woven between both of those brands or do you prefer where like it's separated like um, SmackDown and Raw and I mean I guess NXT as well for now I I do like it when they start introducing the TBS title and if they do eventually get to trios titles that's something that's going to be defended in one well no even then I think you want the crossover I think when one is one hour and the other program is two hours Splitting mm -hmm. that up is a little bit different. If they were going to have AEW Dark and Elevation rosters specifically allocated, that would be the place, I think, that you would maybe split a roster because that's a little bit more telling about where people are in their development. But especially when it's on from 10 to 11 o'clock at night, every once in a while, you're going to want to throw your Danielsons and your Punks over there and your Cody's because you're going to want to pop those ratings the most that you can especially heading into pay-per-views like this. So I I think I prefer it when the time ratio is what it is because, I mean, both programs together are the length of one Monday Night Raw, right? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. Yeah. Do you have a preference with that? Um, I kind of like them going back and forth um, because, I mean – or even if, which is definitely not going to happen, even if they make like the men stay on their respective brands, but the women can float back and forth, just because it's like, there's just not enough women's storylines. Um, I don't know if they'll ever be just because it's WWE and AEW, which we heard about that this week. <laughs> um, but it's just kind of like, there's just not enough women's storylines. And, you know, they have the tag team champion, but you can't necessarily hold it two separate tag team belts. So I feel like you can do that with the women's division. Um, I just don't think that's gonna that that's gonna happen. The men's division they have a lot of people that I think um, people will get shut out even more than they are now. Sure, 
I hear ya. We got a super chat coming in from the Nerd Guru saying, O'Reilly's contract ends in December. The first Dynamite on TBS is on January 5th at Prudential. Possible debut? Death not saying, because I'm going. You're going? Well, perhaps I am too, and we should find each other. I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about this earlier. There was something alluded to on Dynamite where they said an era that is not disputed in a promo and then seeing mm-hmm. the beloved Von Wagner show up on SmackDown today when they are in a tag team on NXT 2.0 certainly feels like O'Reilly has one foot out the door, maybe everything but his butt out the door. Like, I don't know if we're going to be seeing him on, on programming moving forward. He and Gargano did work a dark match at SmackDown last week. So nothing confirmed either way, but it almost seems like both programs acknowledged it, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, because it's just odd that you would be able to like pick up on that and with two different promos. So right. back to AW Rampage, we got a little video package of the American Yule Dragonson. I keep calling him Daniel Bryan, so I'm just shoving all of his names <laughs> into it. Uh, Bryan Danielson and Miro. Great video package here. Just hyping up the card. I think that, you know, I, I really liked what Brian Danielson said in this, which was that he kind of acknowledged Rusev without calling him by name, but just saying that he's known him for years. It, he's seen him grow and develop and change. And, you know, it's an intimidating guy to go against. This is different versions of them now. What do you think is going to happen here? I have a feeling Miro's going over and maybe this is where we see Okada waiting for Brian Danielson. I think mm-hmm. I will lose my mind. I think it'll be a very protected Brian Danielson loss, but to me, Miro goes over. He loses to Adam Page. You have a classic heel and face in place. Um, and then Miro just absolutely loses it when he loses to a, the cowboy and just continues down this path. What are your predictions on this specific match for that? I mean, at first, shout out to Miro, like his, um, just, I just have a feeling just based off the interviews that I've seen with him and, and CJ is just kind of like, they're constantly thinking of different ideas. And this version of him, I, I, I'm willing to bet money, this was all him. And it's just so amazing to see beyond the stereotypes and all this other stuff. So, and then to see, you know, him and I, I also too, Wrestlers have like five or six names and I have like three of them. So I can, I understand. <laughs> I kind of separate them, but it's so, it's so hard keeping up with the names and you're like, well, what, what do you want to be called? And it's like, I get it, but you know, so um, now I'm thinking <laughs> Brian. Um, so right, it's, it's also because like, Daniel Bryan and Brian Danielson are just so close together so, that I, yes. I'm constantly doing that, but yeah. No, me too. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a good a good match. I, I definitely agree with you. I think Miro is gonna go over. Um, I don't think um, Brian loses loses anything from losing. Um, I I think it's gonna be and how he how he loses this match is not gonna be something where it's gonna be it's gonna take away from from it. I definitely think there's gonna be surprises because AEW likes to do surprises because I think they want to compete with even though they say they're not competing with each other, they're definitely competing with each other because how can you not? um it's just human human nature um so i think there there are going to be some surprises at the end of this match that are going to kind of you know hype us up for the next coming um pay-per-view and the next coming episodes 
I agree with you. There's a lot of surprises. We can't forget that ROH has also just released a bunch of talent there. A lot of people think the Briscoes might show up. Yeah, all all the talent. A lot of people think the Briscoes might show up after that tag match, but we have another super chat coming in saying, I'm going to be at Dynamite after Full Gear in Norfolk. If I hear that coin drop, I'm going to lose my mind. I hear you. It's very interesting because since the impact relationship has ended for now, it seems like they're leaning into some new Japan talent. And I know Okada's supposed to be wrestling Bud Matt, but guys, crazier things have happened than people wrestling mm-hmm. that soon together. But we also get a segment with the super click and hangman here. I loved what they did with this. I'd like to hear your thoughts first though. Um, I mean, I'm all things. I, I when Hangman was first introduced to me, I was just kind of like, mm, okay. Now I really kind of understand like the the his storyline, and I'm all for anything Hangman and Page. It's kind of like, or I am in Page. It's kind of you know, I'm 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 for it. I'm for this match. Um, I don't know. I felt like with this hour, they're really trying to cram in a lot of what's going to be happening tomorrow. But um, I'm I'm for it in general. Yeah, I really liked what they did here, too, with Cole confronting. There was Cole and Hangman. They looked like they were going to kiss. There was kind of one of those classic (laughs) wrestling standoff moments. But Cole hits the bricks. Um, Hangman actually apologizes to the Bucks and acknowledges, you know what, I cost you a chance at uh, the Tag Team Championships, but you cost me a tag uh, chance at the World Championship great at talking today uh, so it's in my Friday. like in his mind they're even right so guess what if you lay your hands on me at full gear he's not gonna be happy he's gonna beat the crap out of them so i just really liked this because i think we might be seeing the descent of the super click here a little bit maybe cole takes over and tells kenny omega to hit the bricks there's so many ways that this could go they could just break up all together maybe the arrival of a full undisputed era completely screws everything up for the super click. I'm very into the idea of Adam Cole being the child of divorce between the two factions so that we could get fish and O'Reilly giving him the kiss spot. I just think that would be so much fun, but I'm very excited to see where the story goes. And that's why it's so fun. when you acknowledge wrestling outside of your own company? I think like that's just a real bonus because there's so much more juice there. Right. But then we but would move. they acknowledge, sorry, would they acknowledge if that were to happen, um, would they talk about being the undistributed era on AEW? I don't does, think they could legally. WWE, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if legally they could. I'm sure they would come up with a cute adjacent name, but you could also have Red Dragon wrestle as a tag team, which was um, Fish and O'Reilly's tag team beforehand and you could have them go on a tag run and eventually merge with Cole. you could call them the very disputed era on bte and see what happens like there's so many ways around that but you know i think there was even when they were head-to-head and before they were head-to-head i think nxt shared such like most audiences before they got very weird and tribalistic because we're fans of of both sides of this right so Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you're right, probably not by name, but I think some reformation of that is a very, very possible thing. And fingers crossed. I'm hoping. So we move into Jade versus Santana Garrett. Very nice to see Tan- Santana Garrett on our television. Love seeing that. Um, 
and there's a cake for Jade Cargill's one-year anniversary with AEW. Was it Red Velvet cake? Red Velvet is in the audience scouting out this match. The camera finds her very easily. I guess Jade Cargill doesn't. I have my reservations about Jade Cargill winning the title. If she wins it, I think she needs to lose it kind of fast because to me, she's just not there in the ring enough yet. And while she's incredibly charismatic and there's a lot of things that she can do that I think a lot of women can't do in that division just by pure strength. Um, I, I feel like a title run, like a true run, is going to be something that is not beneficial to her. I think it's going to highlight her weaknesses instead of play to her strengths. I don't think she's on the up enough yet that a title could make her. But I do mm -hmm. think there would be some value to her winning maybe running through a couple squashes and then her first loss in the entire company is for the title. If this is going to be a more transitional title, I'm cool with Jade winning. If it's not, not super into that. This match was okay. We get a spot with the cake after, of course, smart Mark Sterling doesn't know who's behind him. We do have a <laughs> humper chat from Ryan Sullivan saying, I'm so mad they wasted cake. I wanted cake. I hear you, Ryan. You don't just let a perfectly good cake go to waste. So I guess they do that at literally every wrestling wedding. But TK, mm -hmm. what were your thoughts on this match and the post-match shenanigans? And how do you feel in general about cake? Um, <laughs> I love to hate cake. Cake is one of those things where it's great, but, you know, it's also not great. Um, just because calories and all that stuff. But, you know, they love you. Um, <laughs> First off, Santana Garrett, she's been in the game forever. And I know on the indie scene, she is like well known and they they celebrate her. I just feel like anytime she has an opportunity to do television, they don't acknowledge that this like, I mean, they did mention it during the match, but I don't think she gets her flowers. And I think she definitely needs to get her flowers. She is absolutely amazing. Um, she stays working um, really hard to get an interview, by the way. So somebody who knows her, please, you know. <laughs> Um, but it's just one of those things that I, I feel like we should just like, take a moment to acknowledge her. Um, but I, I feel the same way with Jane, Jade Cargill. I feel like um, they're they're positioning her to um, win. I don't think that she should win. I don't think she should win, period. Because um, if she were to win and then drop it, it's just kind of like, okay, well, you know, I think it'll diminish her a little bit. Um, so I feel like if she does win, then you just go with it. Like, you know, you, you do all the angles and you mask it accordingly to make her look like the champion, which they've been doing thus far. Um, she could be the type of champion where she doesn't have as many matches and she just does the pay-per-views and she still studies training and whoever her opponent is, is going to make her look good. Um, sure. but if she were to get, um, the championship, I, I just don't think she's ready. And I think there are other people who are deserving um, of it, but just given the fact that, I mean, she bulldozed over Santana Garrett. Like, I understand the strength part, but. I, that's a little bit tricky, too, because she's not a signed talent with AEW. So right. it is kind of like as established as she is and as smart as the audience is, she is technically still like an enhancement talent. But I completely get what you're saying in that it doesn't feel that way because she is so well known. Right. Who would if they're you... going to give somebody, they, then they should just give her a, well, I mean, I get it. Cause then you have people who are not as familiar. I mean, there's people in the indie scene that I've seen that I'm like, wait, who's this person? So I get it. Some people <laughs> might not know who she is. Um, but 
I, I, I honestly see that she's going to be winning. I, I don't, I just feel like how they, um, they've been charting her progress and how they've been putting, because even like something like a red velvet, she has way more experience than Jade does. And you can kind of see how they did with the, um, the when Shaquille O'Neal came, I was like, that match, like, wait, what? Um, so it was just kind of one of those things that I think I don't see her, I don't see her losing. And she, I think, um mainstream i think they have two things going on it's kind of like they're even though they say they're not the wwe they're kind of patterning certain things after wwe mainstream media is where it's at you get more commercials more people are gonna watch more publications who are not necessarily following wrestling as much jade cardgill on a physical um level looks like a champion you can see her in shape magazine you can see her like all over these places she has the charisma talking wise to do an ellen to do essentially essentially what bianca belair is doing to be honest sure um yeah. so you know they if they're looking at that direction to bring more eyes of people who don't necessarily watch all the time then that's what they're gonna do and then they're gonna just protect it where it's just like she's just having matches here and there but it's not gonna be a week in week out type thing Absolutely. And we have Mark Wasper chiming in saying if they put the title on Jade, expect all the two minute match complaints to go into fever pitch. They'd require too much smoke and mirrors for her. I agree with you. I agree with both of you. TK, I agree with your point about how um, charismatic she is and that she would be a great media tool. In my head, this title is being set up to be something that's a little bit more transitional anyway. I think it's a good way to get more women on TV. But there are ways that you can do smoke and mirrors without two-minute matches, like making Kira Hogan her muscle, who we haven't really seen as much since she got signed, or something like that, building out a stable, making her championship reign matter in that way. You could have her be incredibly dominant until they run into... I don't know, maybe you assign Athena Ember Moon to take the title off of her as soon as she comes in, or maybe this does go to Ruby Soho faster than you would expect. Um, but I, I think it could be a short title reign and be meaningful because it would be her first loss in the company. But I think we're all in agreement that ring-wise, she's not there. It might not be our favorite thing, but it certainly looks like that's what they are on track to give us. So we will have to wait and see. Guys. Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. <laughs> like, what? This is like a dream match for me. And if you told me six months ago that it would happen, I wouldn't have believed you. And we're getting it so soon in CM Punk's return to pro wrestling. I am the biggest mark in the world for this. I'm so excited. Um, we got a video package here. We also get a humper chat from Jayshelle Nicole saying, full gear is going to hump. Can't wait for mm -hmm. Kate to mark out when Punk and Eddie go at it. Got my tears ready. Dude, this is... I'm so excited for Hangman and Kenny. I'm so excited for this. And even match quality-wise, I don't know if it's going to necessarily be there. I don't care. This is <laughs> going to be such a brutal match. I hope it's one that they run back. It's one that I feel like sincerely could go either way. I think Punk is going to win it. But they could give it to Eddie, and either character could be heel or face out of this. Yeah. Or they could, like, I, I feel like there's so many directions that they can go in this. But a great video package uh, leading into this, and some of the best promos that we've seen all year, if not the best ones. It's hard for me to set my bias aside because they're my favorite, but uh, <laughs> I just really liked this. I loved Eddie Kingston saying, 
that uh, Punk is walking in here saying that he wants to help the young guys, but that he knows who he really is because when he was a young guy and they were sharing locker rooms, he was a jerk to him. Um, and I love Punk saying that I don't have to be Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's going to beat himself because that's essentially what always happens. Just mm -hmm. that's great stuff here. What did you think of this video package? I mean, I love those packages where they kind of talk about, um, you know, past things that we might not have been privy to. Um, and then also where they do like psychological warfare. It's like, I don't need to beat you. You you beat yourself. It's like, oh, that's it's kind of cutting a little bit deep because it's like, you know, as somebody who's all about like self-care and, you know, self-help books, all this other stuff, it's just kind of like if somebody doesn't look at themselves in the mirror, you like to like, maybe you should look at yourself and it's not me, it's it's you. And those type of, I love those type of things because it's like, wait, the the person who's really, you know, self-aware will look at that. Eddie doesn't seem like that. Eddie kind of reminds me of, um, I don't know if you remember Kanye West on TMZ, um, where he was saying, um, oh, I forgot the one line, but he was going off and he was kind of saying that, you know, when he was spat, everybody's complaining. Like, that's what, I don't know, for some reason, when I was seeing um, Eddie and CM Punk go up against each other last week, that's kind of what I thought of the Kanye West situation where it's like, sure. he doesn't really, he's not really self-aware. Like he's, he's giving out a lot of anger and now I'm not doing so, super self-help talk, but he's giving out a lot of anger. It's like, <laughs> he, has do, he has to deal with the inside first. And then, you know, then may, maybe there is something that he was projecting that CM Punk was just like, oh, I don't want, I don't want anything to do with it. Um, but for some reason, I don't know, first, before I had this whole long soliloquy, my bad, um, I thought it was going to be Eddie, but now I'm, <laughs> now I'm leaning towards Punk. But I feel like either way, and somebody in the chat mentioned it might be a draw, and it might be continue, like it might be something continued on, which I don't mind seeing either. Um, I do think this match is going to be an amazing, an amazing match. And I think it's going to be one of the, like, I've look, I was looking at the card, it's nine matches plus the pre-show. like. It's going to be, and and the matches are like really, like they're amazing. It's going to be a very exhausting like day to watch, which yeah, is a good thing, but it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a very emotional pay-per-view, I think, which mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to. Love that they're continuing what Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, the American Neil Dragonson, uh, what he pointed out of Eddie not living up to his potential. Like that's been a really nice through line here. And Eddie constantly trying to control his rage and letting it just flare up in these extremely mm -hmm. dramatic ways. But like in the promos, just being like this quiet, disturbed guy is such a great heel run for him. He'll run. Everybody's on his side. I don't know. So you choose. I love them both. They're both heels. They're both faces in my book. I, I just love all of this. So, um, we will move on because I could spend the rest of my life talking about this too. Arya Davari and Dante Martin. Arya Davari getting a huge reaction from the crowd here. We were getting mm -hmm. both these guys chants, um, both our hometown to the Minneapolis area. Love seeing him on our screen. He is a fantastic wrestler. Man, this match. Dante's sunset flips and anything he does off the rope the hang time he gets it's like five minutes i feel like if i had gone and gotten my taco bell then i would have come back and dante martin <laughs> would have not completed his sunset flip so many great spots in this love jericho pointing out a commentary that they both had other brothers that were in the business great great thing to to speak to there um and we ultimately 
Oh, there were a couple spots that I wanted to call out. Davari's hammer lock into a clothesline. Oh boy, did he lay that in. All of all of the Dante spots too. The the sunset flipping, the most insane of all of them. But after this match, we see Dante coming out with the win. Team Taz gives Dante an offer here. A very interesting mm. wrinkle, especially knowing that his brother is on the shelf and that he already has someone to to be there with someone to guide him mm-hmm. through things. And we've seen Leo rush there. Are we setting up like a Leo rush stable versus team Taz situation? What did you think of this match? And what do you think of this next evolution in the storyline? Um, Gosh. So Leo rush is another one. I remember when I first saw him, it was like on Instagram and he did this flip off of this ladder on this indie show. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. And then he got signed to WWE and then we saw what transpired with that. Um, he's a great talker, as we saw, you know, when he was with, um, I just saw, I just lost his name. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, yes. <laughs> he was a great talker. I, like, I saw his face and his body, but the name didn't come to me. He was a great, he was a great, like, great on the mic. So we know he's great on the mic. We know he's great in the ring. But I, for some reason, I think, I don't think he can do both. Like, I don't think he can, like, be the head of a stable and then also talk for the stable and then also be in the ring. I, I just think it's, it's too much. Not too much for him. I just don't think it'll translate. Um, but I feel like you have to give him a chance to be in the ring. Um, I do like the wrinkle where it's just like Team Taz is like, well, just just think about it. I, I thought they were going to force him to sign, but that's not what happened. Um, and then they also did the story. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think it's pretty. I think it's true. Um, with Leo Rush and his grandmother passing away, he needs some time, you know, RIP to grandma. Um, so I think that's a, a, a great uh, caveat to the story. Um, I don't know what they're setting up for. I just think that if it's the case, then Leo Rush can't, not can't wrestle. I don't think he should wrestle. Like he should be kind of the face of the the brand or the team. Um, if they were going to do that, um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm. This is the storyline. Don't where it's have like to. Whoever's, yeah, and whoever's, <laughs> this is the beauty whoever's of it. like, yeah, whoever's writing this, like, I'm like, good job. Like, I don't know what's going to happen, and I'm kind of interested. Now I'm curious. Like, who is he going to sign? Somebody put it in the chat. Like, who is he going to sign with? So I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. I am too. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that we had members of Team Taz at commentary. Most importantly, Hook Gang. What's up? We had a Hook appearance. Everybody loves Hook. Beloved. <laughs> <laughs> so Very we cool. move into a, uh, a Tay Conte video package. And my favorite thing about this is when you type Tay Conti in your notes and it um, autocorrects you, it autocorrects you to Yay Conti, which is just <laughs> nice. It's like, Yay Tay Conti. Um, but just a, a nice hype promo going into this. Wish we had kind of just seen more development on screen between Britt Baker and Tay Conti. It was set up through multi woman matches, and we got a little bit of storytelling here. I think they could have done a little bit better of a job, but a good video package nonetheless into what I think is going to be a great match. At mm-hmm. Full Gear, loved Britt Baker saying, um, you know, you better hold on to your whatever your jujitsu color belts are, your the black, black blue, your brown, yeah, whatever. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a great that was line. Good. Yeah. And I liked them recapping all of her accomplishments um, that have contributed to pro wrestling, but weren't necessarily pro wrestling related with her judo mm-hmm. background and things like that. So a great video package there. If you don't have anything to add, I'll just scoot along. I mean, who do you have winning? Oh, who do I have winning? I have Britt Baker retaining. I think she holds on to it until Thunder Rosa comes and gets her her paws yeah. all over that one. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I feel like Tate just she she just there's just something missing. 
there's something I, I can't I can't put my finger on it. Uh, I think she's deserving of it. She's talented. There's just something missing, and she doesn't have the like Brit. This version of Britt Baker, just the lines, ugh, beautiful. It's been exactly what I think we were hoping to to see happen with the women's division, and mm -hmm. I'm looking forward very much to this match. I think part of why it feels like something is missing with Tay is because they kind of made her a star and then threw her off of our television for a really long time until now. So hopefully we see some more development out of her guys. We're coming down the home stretch, get in your super chats, get in your humper chats, leave a thumbs up, make me look good. While Sean is out, let us make some money, go to fightfulselect.com and subscribe. Uh, we are closing out with a match that I got to be honest, I just don't care about. It was perfectly fine, but we have a lumberjack match, which is my least favorite stipulation of all stipulations, I think, uh, between Matt Hardy and Orange Cassidy, who are continuing a feud, and I don't know why, and I'm not totally <laughs> sure why it was happening in the first place, to be honest. There were some haircuts happening. This just isn't doing it for me. The Hardy family office isn't really doing it for me. They, what they mostly do is lose outside of AW Dark and Elevation. Whatever, they're on Dynamite. It's been not great. Um, and I feel like the best friends are just so much more capable of this. What I did appreciate was Mark Henry's little video package leading into this. I just, like, Wheeler Yuta dressed as a lumberjack. Is there anything that can make your Friday night better? If you don't get to sit down with TK Trinidad and do the show, the next best thing you can do is watch Wheeler Yuta dressed as a lumberjack on your screen. Come on, how precious is that? Um, a good match, nonetheless. I, I thought that the, what Orange Cassidy is capable of and what Matt Hardy is capable of, and then just knowing how to work a match was really beneficial here. Mm -hmm. Like these are two people that know what they're doing in the ring with different enough styles, but enough ring awareness to make something work really well. Um, I just don't like lumberjack matches. And I don't think that this has mattered too much. We do have the nerd guru chiming in saying I'm in love with lumberjack Statlander. Yep. How don't you Agreed. love a lumberjack alien? I can't leave her mm -hmm. out of the picture. My goodness. <laughs> What did you think of this match closing out Dynamite? Or I'm sorry, I mean, closing out Rampage. I like I love the promo where it's just kind of like the same thing that you were kind of voicing. Orange Cassidy was like, okay, like why 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 are you emoting so much energy? Like we're gonna have this match. Like calm down. Like it was just like I I loved um I don't know. I love people who are so great at telling the stories without even putting in all the words, just through like, you know, um how they do the inflection and all this other stuff. Um the, the match was great. Um, definitely in love with Lumberjack Statlander. She was, I mean, she's just, again, it, where, where I was talking with WWE, where people are telling the story without even saying anything kind of behind the scenes, you know, her dressed up as a Lumberjack in the promo and just kind of stand, like she was telling the story, like, you know, we're, we're there for you. We, we got you, that type of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm not necessarily a fan of Lumberjack matches. It was a great match nonetheless, but it was just kind of like, okay. You know, yeah, we, we're going home now. We're, we are going home now. We've talked about this before, too, that it seems like, especially on Rampage, because of the time slot they're in, the match that feels like the main event is what goes on first. But we're going to throw it over to another humper chat from R26 saying, I'm at the point where Hardy Family Office has almost changed the channel. Annoying could have done a tournament match or literally anything else besides the never-ending feud with the best friends. 
I hear you. Even the post-match beat down stuff here. I get using the brass knucks to take everybody and best friends out. I get that they're setting up something between stat and bunny. It looks like, but I just don't care. I, I don't yeah. really understand why this was built to be what it was in the first place. And I definitely don't understand why it was continuing. We have another humper chap that was circling back to uh, Dante Martin and Davari leading into the team Taz recruitment. She was saying, Shell Nicole was saying, if Taz takes Dante, I will be pissed. They have Ricky and are doing nothing with him. Put Ricky and Leo. Thanks. Love the representation though. Something that they have been working very hard to address very slowly, but seems like surely we are certainly getting more black talent on. I think they would be silly not to pick up Keith Lee to add to that. He is a championship made black talent that could come in there tomorrow and feel extremely important. So that is good news too. And we have another chat um, from Big Tom saying regarding Okada, it's Kenny. <laughs> Kenny comes out to cut a promo on Wednesday at some point. Orange Cassidy walks out, puts his hands in his pockets. Kenny is pissed. Orange Cassidy doesn't say anything, just pulls out a coin and drops it on the mat. Ooh. Oh, man. That would be that awesome. Is some great fantasy booking. I thought that too. I thought that maybe Hangman beats Kenny and Kenny turns around and Okada is just there. But I love that idea. One, Okada doesn't even have to be there. And two, um, like that's a great way to set up something down the line without disrupting anybody's schedules over at New mm -hmm. Japan. So that could be really wonderful. Guys, it's pretty much all we got. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to the wonderful TK Trinidad. TK. Tell the people where we can find you. Uh, you can find me on everything at TK Trinidad. You can also find me on everything at Women's Wrestling Talk. We just did an amazing uh, interview with Ruby Soho. So go and check that out on our YouTube page. It's also on our website. Um, it's also on uh, Fight TV too. Um, so we have so much stuff, so much content. So yeah, thank you guys for your support. And yeah, find me on everything TK Trinidad. Or you can just Google me. That's a good thing too. There you go. Ruby Soho, destination known with TK Trinidad hanging out. I love it. I'm Kate. You can follow me at Kate on Deck IC. You can catch me every Tuesday with Alex Pulowski losing our minds and God knows what costumes we'll be wearing in the future on Sour Graps immediately following NXT. You can catch me on Wednesdays at More Carter Pod where we talk all things all elite. And then Fridays, of course. I'm hanging out here, usually with Sean. We have the lovely TK filling in for us today. Head over to Fightful Celeb select and subscribe there if you can most importantly enjoy wrestling this weekend if you're watching full gear have a great time and uh we will see you soon we're out